Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and today we wanted to provide advice for the obstetrics and gynecology residency applicant. So I'm here discussing this issue with my partner, Dr. Samir Desai. And um, Samir, I think we... I think I would like to start by just talking about the application process. So when an applicant turns in their application, how do the obstetrics and gynecology residency programs actually screen those applications? Well, that's a great question. And um, what applicants need to know is that there are different systems in place for screening residency applications. What applicants hear a lot about is programs that use a threshold step one score to make their interview decisions. So in other words, applicants who are above a certain score that the program has set, those are the applicants that will be considered for an interview and anybody falling below it would be removed from consideration. How can you find out if a program uses cutoff scores like that? So a great place to go is each program's website. So some programs will come right out and they'll say our minimum step one score is 220. So that you will find at a lot of program websites. But the good news is there are a good number of programs that are much more holistic in their approach. So when they are screening applications, the step one score is important, but they don't have a minimum score. They're going to look at everything and use all the data to help them make their interview decisions. And when the application goes in, who's actually on the other end? Who's doing the screening? Yeah, that also varies considerably from program to program. And so at some programs, it's actually the program director who is uh, taking the time either by himself or with the program coordinator to make those interview decisions. But there are other systems in place. Uh, for example, uh, at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, they have a very, very different approach. They actually have one faculty member and one resident both review the application, and then they independently uh, evaluate the application and score the application. And then the program takes those scores and uses those scores to make their interview decision. What about letters of recommendation? That's another aspect of the application that's so important. What are some things that applicants don't realize about letters? Well, there are several things that applicants may not appreciate. The first thing, and one of the most important things, is applicants may not realize that programs have differing requirements regarding the number of letters that should be submitted from obstetrics and gynecology faculty. So some programs will be just fine if an applicant submits one letter of recommendation from obstetrics and gynecology faculty, but other programs will want and even require two letters. And uh, are there other requirements that vary from program to program? Yes, there are. So with respect to letters of recommendation, some programs like uh, Tulane, for example, they require a letter uh, that is written by the chairman of the obstetrics and gynecology department at the applicant's medical school. And so if you can find out this information in advance, how many letters of recommendation they require, whether or not they need a chairman's letter, uh, you can make very, very important decisions uh, in your fourth year. So for example, let's say you've done your core clerkship in your third year in obstetrics and gynecology, 
you only had a chance to really get to know one faculty member very, very well. So you may have secured one letter of recommendation, but then you'll need a second letter. And so if you know that the programs that you covet require a sec uh, second letter, then you can plan to do an additional obstetric and gynecology elective in the summer of your fourth year. Well, it sounds like it's really important to visit the program websites. Yes, it's it's so very, very important. And there's a, a lot of information that you can learn. And that goes beyond the letters of recommendation. You can even learn about a program's residency selection process, how they may go about selecting applicants to interview, and how they may go about ranking applicants. So a, another a good example of that would be the residency program at the Greenville Health System. And they come right out on their website and they say, uh, these are the factors that are very, very important to us in residency selection. And uh, they include things like the USMLE and or the COMLEX scores, the grades in preclinical courses, your clerkship grades, your letters of recommendation, your communication skills and personal qualities. You know, switching uh, gears just a little bit, what about senior electives? Do you have any particular recommendations for OB-GYN applicants regarding senior electives? Yes, so I would say that uh, obstetrics and gynecology applicants, uh, most of them will do subspecialty electives. And what's nice about the field is there are uh, many options to choose from. So some of the more popular electives in the field are uh, maternal fetal medicine, gynecologic oncology, reproductive endocrinology, uh, or even an obstetrics sub-internship. And uh, one thing that you want to do is uh, you can do that at your home institution. And you can plan to do that in the summer of your fourth year. And if you can do that, you can obviously or, you know, secure a, a strong letter of recommendation, which will really enhance your chances of a successful match. What about away electives? Do you think it's necessary for an OB-GYN applicant to do an away elective? Right. So those same electives that we're talking about can also be done at other institutions. And some uh, residency applicants will go uh, away and do those types of rotations. And your decision to do that um, really depends on uh, the you know different factors. And one of those things that you want to ask yourself is, is there anything in your background or credentials that might limit your chances of reaching your professional goals? Or if there's something that's going to hold you back, then it might be a good idea to go to another institution where you can uh, – be there for an extended period of time and really show how great you are. And, and that would help you overcome any uh, weakness or deficiency in your application. And are there any considerations where you're, when you're choosing where to do this away elective? Right. That's very, very important, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So there are so many obstetrics and gynecology residency programs that, you know, you do have to do your due diligence with that. You need to determine where you're going to have a better shot. So, you know, if your school has never placed a student at a particular program, then that may not be the best program to go and do an OA rotation at. And so that's something that you need to sit down with an advisor and really think about your strategy. And so, you know, that's very, very important. But again, I want to just leave, you know, with one final point about OA electives that uh, they are important for certain groups of applicants, but for most applicants, it's not going to be necessary to do an away elective in order to match. Into obstetrics and gynecology specifically? Correct. What about timing on all this? When should you apply? 
Well, I recommend that applicants apply on the first day possible, which is September 15th. And I really want to emphasize this point because there are some applicants that I've encountered over the years that are under the impression that there's no harm that can come to them if they wait until October 1st or a little bit after that. So and the reason they say that is they may have heard from somebody that uh, programs don't really look at the application until the MSPE is released. And that is true at some obstetrics and gynecology residency programs, but that's not the case everywhere. And if you wait until then, you're really losing out on the chance of getting interview offers at some very, very good programs, programs that start inviting interview, inviting applicants for interview before October 1st. And, uh, and I'm just going to interject that MSPE is the Medical Student Performance Evaluation, and that typically goes out on October 1st, correct? Correct. What about um, what applicants should do right after they apply? Right. So right after you apply, uh, you know, that's, that's a great release. You've got everything done, and that's wonderful. Um, and what you're hopeful for is that you're going to get lots and lots of interview offers. And, you know, they can come pretty fast. It won't take long between when you apply and, and when those offers come. And so you want to be ready to accept that offer, and not just accept the offer, but select the right interview date. And so what I tell all applicants to do is after you apply, go to the programs that you've applied to, their website, and take a look at their interview dates. And what's really nice about obstetrics and gynecology is that an increasing number of programs are listing their interview dates. What a lot of applicants don't realize is there aren't that many dates on which these programs interview. So one particular program may just have three, four, five interview dates. And so what you want to do is you want to make a list of those interview dates and circle all interview dates that are unopposed. In other words, circle the dates where there are no other programs offering interviews on that date. So then when you get an offer from that particular institution, of those four or five interview dates, pick the one that's unopposed. That way, you're leaving yourself maximum flexibility for your other programs. That's a good suggestion. Uh, I wanted to tell our listeners that, um, uh, you know, that this is a work in progress, and if they had further questions about the application process, specifically for obstetrics and gynecology, or if they had questions regarding other specialties, that we are going to try to address listener questions in future episodes. So you can head to our website, which is thesuccessfulmatch.com, to our podcasting page and submit questions for future, uh, for future episodes. So thanks very much, Samir. Thank you.